Bless the Lord. The churches that are viewing life, we are enjoying great time here in the presence of Almighty God. I sense something as I was ministering this in the first session that we were just taking, that God is helping us to reflect. He's assisting us to look back in what we've gone through and probably what we're going through. And he's assisting us through this word that can reflect and begin to find our center of gravity. You know, sometimes this season that you are from, it will take you to a place where you don't know where you are. You can't locate yourself. You love God. You, you are committed. You're doing everything, but somehow you are so light. You, you, you feel depressed sometimes even for nothing. But I want to tell you this time, after this conference, go out and take over. Take your place back. I want us to read again from the text, Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 to 14, once again. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my, my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Father, bless this word. In the name of Jesus, everybody say, Amen. When I was preparing, praying for this, reading the same scripture sometimes within the same, you know, for another message, somebody who then I remembered one professor uh, at Stellenbosch some few years ago, was in the class and they knew somehow that I'm a pastor, although I didn't tell anybody. They found out that I'm a pastor. So the professor began to say that he was talking about how it's important to read some sources and study. Then he began to say there's only one type of people that study one book. Christians. Then I said, oh my God, there it comes now. They are in it for me now. They are after me. Uh, then he said, they, this book, they are studying this book for many years. Thousands and thousands of years. Sunday after Sunday. The same textbook. Then I said, Jesus, help me here. <laughs> then he said something, said, it seems like the more they study it, the more knowledge they gain out of it, the more powerful it becomes. There is gold in, that is invested in this scripture, Bishop, that you have given unto us. I know that the men of God and women of God who have been going over here have been treating on the same scriptures, but God has been revealing himself in different ways through these scriptures. This is the word of God. You are not going to be bored by this word. Tell somebody next to you once again, he said, said, but God is holy. Okay, the title of the message that I have now, this first session I say, press on. Same one, pressing ahead to the mark. Pressing ahead to the mark. 
As we read here, I would like us to go back and discover that the city of Philippi, at the time this passage of scripture was written, was considered a gateway to Europe. The city was named after Philip of Macedonia, who was the father of Alexander the Great. Philip was, by all possible point of view, a, a, mini, a miniature of Rome, Philippia. This church was considered an ideal church due to its generosity and gratefulness. This is one of the warmest letters that Paul wrote. It was filled with warmth, gratitude. The letter was a means of thanking the church after it had sent Paul a gift. Whenever I read the book of Philippians, I always find commendations of Paul. You know, when nobody was partnering with me in matters of giving and finances, you were concerned about mine. Then he says, I pray that God may add unto your account. This church itself was experiencing troubles and issues around, but seemingly there was something that was oozing out of this church that was a sweet aroma that also assisted the, the apostles to be able to further the gospel in spite of whatever they were experiencing in their own time. And little did they, did they know that by doing that, they were setting themselves to the history of eternity as a church that was so sweet up in bringing up the gospel in spite of severe persecution. Now, when you read Philippians 4, verse 15 to 16, the Bible says, Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of my acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid than once when I was in need. I would have loved to be part of this church because seemingly it seems like this church had a lot of goodness that was coming out of it, combinations, unlike in Corinth, where Paul would say, even though this letter was written in the midst of hardship, while Paul was a prisoner, it is full of victorious chants of joy. The word joy and rejoicing is used 16 times in these four short chapters. These are few lessons that we gain from the Apostle Paul when he wrote this text. The truth of the matter is that presently most of us are exhausted, tired. We are tired. Tired of, you know, as pastors, sometimes we are pastors, we are tired of speaking to people who don't see. At one time, I was broadcasting from my house my children were leading and my whole family changed. My children became powerful in leading praise and worship. You know, we, they would wake up in the morning, practice the day before. We would put up all the programs. Rufaro, the youngest, was the one who is responsible for finances, taking offerings from me, his mother, and everybody push, pushing it up in the home. And we're staying there, waking up in the morning. The mother is trying to help them. She's also had to assist me in preaching and all that. And we wake up in the morning. This was new to us that we, we are preaching to the whole church from our lounge. In a tremendous pressure, just before you go, just preparing that message. <laughs> you don't know. Preparing this message, we are Chuluga. And preaching to people who are not there. It's tough. 
and see me smiling and say, please, I can see you. <laughs> Inside, I'm collapsing. What is this going to end? <laughs> then, then, then this one day, I'm preaching. It was so heavy, tough. People were dying. We had received messages throughout the night. People were sick. People were... Hey, even my wife, the prophetess, had caught corona at that time. Believers didn't know. My other daughter had caught corona. Believers are bringing in. We're praying for them. We are, we are encouraging them. And, and this morning, I've got to preach. We've got to put this together. And we're ministering there. I preached and preached. Then after finishing that message, when they were closing, I said, Phew. only to find out that the guys had not stopped. <laughs> It was life. <laughs> and one later at the church, falls me say, you <laughs> I heard you saying, Phew. we're tired of putting on the mask. Tired of social distancing. We would like to hug and, and, and shake somebody's hands. And, you know, we would like to dance around. We want to do something. But I want to tell you, prayers have been made. I want to tell you, we are just going out for it now. I say we are going out for it now in the name of Jesus. We are breaking every seam right now. We are breaking every closed door in Jesus' mighty name. We are tired of being tired. We are tired of burying people. We're tired of reports that somebody was in your house. Now we've got to be quarantined. This positive. We're tired of these things. And God hears us as we stand here as a church in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I want to tell you as numbers are going down, God is restoring our full livelihood in Jesus' mighty name. We are lamenting to God. We say, you are holy, Lord. You are righteous, O Lord. But after being tired of being tired, there are goals to achieve. There's a vision to accomplish. Somebody says there's a race that I must run. The race is just before you. Wherever you left your race, I want to say, let's press ahead to the mark of the calling that God has called us unto. The pain, number one, I want us to understand that the pain rejection you face today may be a trigger to your greatness tomorrow. Seems like whenever, it seems like great things, most of the great things start from failure. They start from hardships. I really have a sense that in spite of all that is happening, we don't know where these things are coming from, whatever is happening, whatever agenda, whatever thing that is around this. But God has allowed it to set up us up for a greater destiny than the one that we've had before. There's going to be greater breakthroughs than ever before. There's going to be greater victories than ever before. We're going to win more souls than ever before. We must enlarge our tents. More souls are coming to the kingdom of God today because you are holy Lord you are righteous oh God do not measure God's favor but what you, by what you are experiencing today 
If you can go back and check the history of great people today that we think are great and see where they started, what they've been through, you are going to discover that whatever was hard against them, they used it to step it to their destiny. So this morning, as Paul says, one thing I do, I forget what lies behind. I forget 2020. I try to forget it. Of course, there are things, I may not forget the people that I lost. I may not forget the names of my parents and my fathers. But I want to forget the pain. I want to say, whatever it happened, it all, I want to say, it all works together for good to those who are called by the name of the Lord. I want to say, through their pain, I want to work even harder than ever before. We all know David, that I was talking about this morning, of whom God said, He's a man after God's own heart. We learn about his humble background from his text, the pain, the issues that he faced. You know, all of it, the, the Bible is amazing. You can look at one side of the Bible and you see this glory, you see this power, but you may miss the crucible in which that power was groomed, in which that glory was shaped. You are shaped in unpleasant places. Your destiny is shaped in places of pain. Sometimes in places of shame. I want to say, if you check David, Psalm 69 verse 1 to 12, he says, save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I sink in my myriads where there is no foothold. I've come into deep waters. The floods engulf me. I'm a worm out calling for help. My throat is pitched. My eyes fail looking for my God. I'm preaching like this because I know something. I knew very well, and I've been speaking this in the church. The church that parted with us in March 2021 is not the church we are meeting today. I'm meeting here this morning orphans who have lost everything, who have lost father and mother. We are meeting this afternoon husbands who have lost wives, children. We are meeting here people who have lost things and God says we must press on. I hate. We must try to push it behind. Painful as it is, ugly as it looks, Push it behind. Stretch yourself. Try to strain yourself ahead. Because there is a race that I must run. There are victories to be won. Give me power every I'm saying this because somebody it's cutting into somebody's mind. Verse 4, those who hate me without reason outnumber hairs of my head. Many are my enemies without cause. Those who seek to destroy me, I'm forced to destroy what, to, to restore what I did not steal. You, God, know my folly. My guilt is not hidden from you. Lord, the Almighty, may those who hope in you not be disgraced because of me. God of Israel, may those who seek you not be put to shame. 
because of me. This is David the king. For I enjoy scorn for your sake. And shame covers my face. I'm a foreigner in my own family. A stranger to my own mother's children. For zeal for my house consumes me. An insult of those who insult me. You fall on me. When I weep and fast, I must enjoy scorn. When I put it in sackcloth, people make sport of me. Those who sit at the gate mock me, and I'm a song of the drunkards. The church has been a song of the drunkards. We've been on the social media. Things have been said about the church. Things have been said about giving. Things have been said about pastors. Things have been said about buildings and churches. Things have been said, but you are holy, Lord. You are righteous. The psalmist here describes the life of a poor, despised, lowly individual who lacks even a single friend to comfort him. It is the voice of a tormented soul who have experienced untold humiliation and disgrace. He is surrounded by enemies who wish to cut him down. I am amazed. We must pray for South Africa. We make enemies to people that we even love. You make enemies to people that you built. You make enemies. We are all enemies of our enemies who are our enemies without us even knowing them. As we are in church here, I may not wonder if there are people who are following you where you are, checking what you are doing, just looking for one loophole and see how they can destroy you and your family and everything. This is the situation that we find ourselves. See, Corona, see, Corona. He is surrounded by enemies who wish to cut him down. Even his brothers are strangers to him. But this is the voice of the mighty king David. This is a mighty king of whom God says, I found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart who is going to fulfill the whole purpose of God. This is David, the greatest man. The Bible says he did everything that he wanted him to do. Go to a simtolala in anguish, desperate, pained. David was born within a prominent family that greeted his birth with utter division and contempt. He even described it when he says, I was a stranger to my brothers, a foreigner to my son, my mother's son. They put gall on my meal and gave me vinegar to quench my thirst. It's amazing when you are bringing, it's painful when you are rejected. Even somewhere in your life, like it happened to all of us, I want us to, to take leverage of what we've been experiencing collectively and begin to say, Lord, if you did it with David, why can't you did it with us? We are experiencing his pressures in our lives and there's an agenda of heaven. David was not permitted to eat with the rest of his family, but he was assigned to a separate table at the corner. He was given a task to be a shepherd in a wild animal infested wilderness. They had hoped that the beast would come and kill him while standing the ship. They take this young boy, they put him in the wildest where there are lions and bears. Sometimes people take you and they put you in a place where you're going to fail. Not knowing that in the place of failure, the anointing of God is going to be made manifest. God is going to anoint you right there. They 
take this young teenager, they place him far from his brothers, right where the, the lions were. And God began to raise anointing that has never been experienced before. I want to tell you, we've been at the edge as a church, but there's a different anointing that God is releasing upon the church. There is a Davidic anointing, the anointing to kill your lion, the anointing to kill your bear. rejected this young boy and then the lions they could see I think the lion could not identify between the, 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 the sheep and this young boy because he was tiny he was rudy but the grace of God covered him and anointing of God came upon his life and the way he killed his, this lion is amazing because when he related the story he said when I saw the lion the lion came and it took the sheep it disregarded this young man says, I don't even want to touch him. He's so tiny. I'm going to be coming back for him later on. Let me take the ship. And this young boy is amazing. It always amazes me. If it was me, with a lion taking this and going away, I was going, going to go back to Pimville and ask Bishop to give me the time to testify. That, the lion, that was covered by the glory of God. And the lion didn't see me. But not with David. David looked at the lion. He said, hey, 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 hey. Hey, 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 hey. Bring back my things. Bring back my job. Bring back my, my practice. Bring back my factory. Bring back my life. Bring back my finances. Bring back my life. Bring back my passion for God. Bring back my prayer life. Bring back my fellowship life. He opened the mouth of the lion. He took out the lamb. The glory of God was upon him. The worst place that you are in is preparing you for the best place that God is going to be doing in your life. But as always, God safeguard his people, true to his purpose in them. The wilderness prepared him for Goliath. It prepared him to rule. Church, for many times, we've been in a comfort zone. We've been in a place where believers are going to be all over. All of a sudden, it was closed. You can't visit anybody. You've got to trust in the word of God. You've got to listen from afar. I want to tell you, when we come out here, we are purified as gold. We shall not never ever before. I want to say, Basalone, after this, I show me. We must go to the streets and preach the gospel. We must go to the street corners and preach Christ. We must go back to the home, to the open hands. We must go back to the, to the bus ranks. We must go back to the taxis. We must bring pandemonium. Because we've been to a place of preparations. We've been through the wilderness as a church. We've been rejected. Even when they count and say, so many places are going to be taken back. Or many, or, 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 or the, the, the particular people, maybe in sports, so many people are going to go back. They don't mention how many people are going to come to the church. We've been in the wilderness. But I want to say we're coming back. I say we're coming back. I say we're coming back, church. We're coming back. They did not expect David to be part of Goliath's war. 
because they didn't know the battles he was facing in his own corner. We don't know what battles we are facing in your own corner. But when the stage shows up, the grace of God is going to release you into the stage of greatness. I want to tell you, South Africa, we've been through hard times. We've been through HIV and AIDS. We buried so many people. Some of our churches were like hospitals. But God lifted us to another level after this. But now we've entered into another scenario. I want to tell you, I have a sense that there's a place you are moving up to. I have a sense that there is something coming again. We've been in our comfort zones, but we've been kicked out of comfort zone. I want to call upon any believer who is watching on television. It is time that you check your church. Check your church. Go back to church. It is time that you connect with believers for fellowship because this is a season of the church. We have earned our stripes. We've been humiliated. David, when Samuel came to ordain a king in Ramah, all his brothers showed up. He was not even counted. Can you imagine in the family? The whole family is there. We are not counted. But the anointing of God knew. You may ignore him, but not God. They ignored him. They said, no, we don't know where he is. Even in these days, I know some families, because of parents who died, when the families are called back to check what was happening in the family, there are people who are ignored. But God knows who you are. And when the young boy came, they said, no, 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 there's this young boy who has been neglected. The young boy came at last. He came to the place. He was not good looking. He didn't look like a warrior. He looked so weak. But in his weakness, God's strength was made. And someone said, take him. And he anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And the boy went back to the wilderness. It seemed like God kept on setting up David to a place of failure and pain. He was rejected by Saul. He was anointed. But he couldn't take the throne. The anointing is boiling, but you're not qualified to take the stage. It's a setup. It's when they promote you to be a manager. But people who are under you are the ones who manages you. And they ensure that you don't have all the information to perform in a right manner so that you fail. But God, in his mysterious ways, he makes you to succeed anyway because he has anointed you. It is God who has placed you there. And at one time, David would remember this young boy and call him to play the music. And he'll play the music. He'll play the music. There is a race that I must run. There are victories to be won. Every And anointing will come upon David. Will come upon will come upon Saul. And the evil spirit will go away from Saul. And when Saul sobers up as a name, when he's happy, he takes the spear. He wants to destroy the very same boy who promotes him, who releases grace upon him. And God was watching. God was not watching Saul now. He was watching David. 
Because God exposed David to these atrocities in order to test the heart of David. He wanted to test how David behaves when he's got the power and the authority and the grace to change. We have the power, we have the authority, but we know our time. And I sense this is our season. I sense this is our time. Church, this is our season. Whatever the church is, this is our time. Can you say this is our time? He narrated his experience when he faced Goliath. Even there, he was ignored. Your humble moments, your painful moments, God can change them around and cook them for the great destiny that God has for you. To an extent that if I've been to the wilderness, if I've faced the lion and the bear, who is Goliath? As a church, We've been to the grave. We've been to the graveyard because we died with Jesus. We are buried with him and we resurrected with him. There is nothing, we fear anything. We fear nothing anymore because Jesus Christ has conquered on our behalf. He conquered death. He conquered sickness. He conquered disease. He conquered failure and silver and gold belongs to God. Church, I want us to rise up is a mighty army of God. Your bad, tough days, difficult days, days of hunger, days of having no job, rejection, are preparing a stage for your coronation. There's coronation coming. We've been tested when it comes to taking care of each other. We've been sharing meals. We've been sharing food. We've been sharing vegetables. We've been sharing things. Sometimes we don't have many things that we can share with everybody. But we've seen believers sharing. God was preparing us for something great. We are about to confront your Goliath. God has elevated you. Your spiritual muscles are stronger. Think about Joseph. Think about Moses. Think about Sarah. Think about Job. Think about Jesus. We've got all examples before us. Sing over Who will overcome us? Who can overcome us? Who can overcome believers? We are more than conquerors. Through Christ who gives us the strength. Our faith is more powerful. The Bible once said in the book of Hebrews, there's going to come a time for shaking where everything is going to be shaken so that all those things that can be shaken, be shaken. Then it says, so that they can, those that cannot be shaken will remain. Then it says, we have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. There is a kingdom that has not been shaken, that cannot be shaken. There is a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Keep your eyes fixed on the goal. Paul said, I press towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me. Heaven won in Christ. I press towards the goal. As long as your eyes are on the ball, keep running your race. I check some rules of running to finish your race. 
Number one, run in the correct lane. Inner lanes are usually reserved for fast runners. Run in your correct lane. The inner track allows them to pass, allows them to pass slower runners more easily. If you choose a lane for fast runners, you may end up as a speed bump. Other people, they achieve quickly. They make it big quicker. Some of us, we take slowly. But surely. Even in the church world, I've seen other brothers. Within a year, the structure like this is up. For some of us, it takes 17 years. Slowly, but I'm coming. I'm coming. Run your lane. Because if you run in a faster lane, you might be buried on the running track. You might die prematurely. Time to run fast. When you're not created to run that fast race, there is a speed that God has given unto you. And if you run in a correct lane, you shall reach your destiny. You shall reach your destiny. You shall write those books. You shall make that family. You shall build that house. You shall build that church. You shall make it. There is a race. There are must run. To be one. Give me power. The race is not given to the swift. Ecclesiastes 9, I have seen something else under the sun. The race is not given to the swift or partly to the strong. Nor does the food come to the wise of or wealth to the brilliant or favor to the learned. But time and chance happen to them all. Simply put, even if you are not the smartest, strongest, most knowledgeable, best looking naturally, God can give you success when you depend on his grace. We depend on his grace. His grace is helping me. I might be a slow runner, but I'm coming. I might be stammering. I'm coming. I might have stumbled on the way. I'm coming. I might have caught some cramps. I'm coming. I might be sometimes shaking on the way. I'm coming. I'm pressing. I'm pressing towards the mark. I'm ready to take my gold cup. I'm ready to take my gold. I'm running towards the mark. Run towards the mark. Church, please don't give up. Church, don't give up. Then I want to say this. Lay aside every weight. Lay aside every weight. Hebrews 12. Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw everything that hinders and sin that easily doth entangle us. Let us run with perseverance. The race marked for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, the perfect of our faith, for the joy set before him. He enjoyed the cross, scorning his shame, and sat down at the right hand side of God. The word laid aside comes from a quick word, apothemi. Apothemi, A-P-O-T-I-T-H-I-M-I. It's a combined words, apo and themi, which means, apo means away. Tithimi means to place or lay something down. These words are compounded together. It gives a picture of somebody laying it down. 
Why is at the same time pushing it far away? It means to lay down something and take it far beyond reach. It implies a deliberate decision to make a permanent change of attitude and behavior. On the other side, the weight, okos, oko, weight, weight means a burden so heavy, cumbersome that it impedes a runner from running his race. This is the time to identify weight that you don't need. Put it down. Push it away. Put it down. Push it away. Lay it down. Push them far from you. Away from you. Sometimes we carry burdens that are not ours. The future, do not worry about it. It is not your worry. It is not your burden. Matthew says, therefore I tell you, Matthew 6, 25, 34, do not worry about your life, what you are going to eat. Tomorrow is going to take care of itself. God is in charge of your future. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. You shall complete your life journey. Your race is not swift enough. It's not fast enough. You are coming, but you shall make it. Being confident of this, that he will begin a good work in you, is faithful to complete it until the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. Continue to run. Continue to run. You might have lost your leg. Continue to run. You must crawl into your destiny. Walk into your destiny. Shout into your destiny. Somebody stand up. Begin to give the Lord a hand of praise. Give a hand of praise. Give a hand of praise. I want to say this before I close to those who are elderly. Galatians 6, 5 to 6 says, for each one should carry their own load. Gogo, you taught those kids, it's time for you to enjoy your pension. It's time for you to enjoy what God has given unto you. Don't carry someone else's burden. Elder brother at home, we have carried those brothers. Assist them. But don't carry burdens that are not yours. Muntakai pantel, imagine. Not my pantel. Lay it down. Push it far beyond reach. Lay down stress. Somebody say, press on. Lay down stress. Lay down anxiety. Lay down confusion. Lay down pain. Lay down unforgiveness. Lay down and push it across Jesus. Lay down what ifs. Press on to the mark. Press on to the higher calling. Press on to the greatest place. Press, press on to the place that God has called us unto. Give the Lord a hand of praise. Manda Rababa Sete Rebebe Shinde Siandal. Manda Rababa Soto Lo Shikamene Rebebe Siandal.